This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A very good evening uh, to everyone and uh, as you can see I'm joined live by a host of fantastic and wonderful Wolves fans of all genders and uh, generations and we're going to be chewing the fat tonight here on Extra Time, primarily of course about the 1-1 draw with uh, you know, our East Midland Ables, Nottingham Forest, but we didn't do an extra time for uh, the Burnley game, which we did win 1-0. So we, we have a lot to digest because we, we're going to have a look across both games as well. We will do in our Man of the Match highlight of the day, performance rating based off uh, the Forest game. We'll be looking at the things learnt, uh, all the points that are going to be raised by our pundits tonight. Um, you know, and we're also going to be having... A nice little quiz to see who comes out top of the penalty shootout quiz at the end. And it's going to be a four-way shootout. During that, we'll also be taking any questions. If you do want to guarantee uh, your your comment or question being displayed on the screen, uh, use the Super Chat. Not only does it guarantee it, but it also supports the channel and helps pay for the software. And whilst I'm on that, I do want to say a massive big thank you to the local digital branding company, Creation Wolf, who power extra time. They deliver the industry's latest and most advanced digital solutions to take your brand online presence and digital capability to the next level. They're absolutely fantastic people. The local Wolverhampton. You won't get better. And they are creationwolf.com. The link is in the description of this video we have got some other little offers from our partners coming as well uh you can click on if you're watching this uh, live or on catch up you can scan the qr codes of nordvpn and foco but can i say josh have we got a nickname for you yet josh no <laughs> have you actually been on the uh have you been on the uh the match reaction after a game yet no not yet that's why you haven't <laughs> graduated to having a a full nickname so we need to get you that uh how are you mate all good all good thanks uh you know i was gonna say relaxing day but i did a five five mile race this morning so uh it wasn't too bad and then i've just relaxed for the rest of the day and done some bits and bobs around the house 
Fantastic. Well, if you can think of a, a cool nickname for Josh for when he does eventually uh, get on uh, the post-match instant reaction after uh, a game, leave your thoughts in the in the discussion uh, chat, and uh, we'll put it to Josh. But as 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 you know, I'm dazzling Dave. We've got Magic Mars, sensational Stan. And you can see there why Chris is called Cheerful Chris. It has to match uh, with um, with your name, apart from Lucy, who's got who's just basically Golden Girl. And talking about Lucy, Golden Girl, hello and welcome, mate. Hello, Chick. I'm here. <laughs> oh, my fantastic. fantastic. And it was really lovely, wasn't it, spending an evening uh, a lot of the Always Wolves posse and squad uh, at the Wolves All Stars the other night. And you joined myself, Josh, Cheerful. Uh, charismatic sensation magic and many many others um on that and it was a really nice event wasn't it it was it was it was really really good event and i'm well up for a ne the next one it was fantastic lovely to see you all as well had a good time yeah definitely uh and saying that chris you were there as well for that it was a lovely evening mate and how, how are you feeling today um not cheerful anyway after yesterday's <laughs> performance um I was cheerful and cheerful. did smile once on Thursday night, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, they've uh, got me a little bit mad after yesterday. So yeah, a bit a bit grumpy. And we also, he's not quite a debut because he did come on uh, as a duo uh, with his brother Lewis in the past. We've had Lewis on a few times flying solo, but it's Lucas's first solo flight full debut uh tonight and i'm proud to also say that lucas lucas has always has, has, has also joined our writing team for the website uh, and will be contributing to articles on the alwayswolves.co.uk website there's no paywall or anything behind that so uh lots of articles go on that Make sure you bookmark alwayswolves.co.uk. Uh, Lucas, um, great to have you uh, making your solo full debut tonight, mate. How are you feeling? I'm good, thanks, debut. Yeah, man, good, good. We've got a lot to talk about uh, tonight. So why don't we kick off, Lucas, uh, with yourself, with any points that you'd like to make regarding uh, the Forest game, but also, uh, I think, with reference also to the Burnley game, because we haven't chewed the fat on that. And any takeaways that you'd like to take away from those two games? I think what I noticed a bit in the Burnley game than loads in the Forest game is when when we had Aitnor in the squad, he'd push up into the left mid role. And with Bueno, he doesn't like pushing up and Aitnor would take on his man and then get in the box. But with Bueno, he's a bit scared. So I noticed that and... Um, there's also um, the atmosphere uh, in the last two games that um, haven't been the same since the whole season, which I saw in the chat as well. And it's just, I don't know why the atmosphere has been so poor recently, but we've won against Burnley, so I thought the atmosphere would be a bit better. It did improve against Forest, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I think that's, a, I mean, I think that, that, that's an interesting point that you, you make there. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, are you a fan of Aitnari? Yeah. 
Uh, okay, that's going to be an interesting debate because Cheerful is really not a fan of Ike Norris. So that's going to be an interesting uh, debate uh, that we can have on the, 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 the pluses and waffles and, and not on Ike Norris. So we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, on the uh, on the fan side of things, in terms of things, now I think the atmosphere at Molyneux generally has been really, really good this year, generally. And also at the away games, we've had much more of a togetherness uh, obviously, last year we had the Bruno Large and people saying that the fans generate the atmosphere, but it's also the performances on the pitch uh, generate the atmosphere also in the stands. Now, at the away games against Arsenal and, and, and even Sheffield United and, and Fulham, you know, although it was bloody cold and wet and stuff, the, I know, they'd noticed the, you know the, the fans were magnificent trying to raise the team. And the atmosphere against City and Tottenham and Villa and stuff like that was very, very good. But I think it was a little bit flat. Now, the cold weather, especially um, for, for the likes of Burnley, for example, you know, when you're in the stands cold, it, it's not like on a summer's day when everyone's happy Larry and it's warm and, you know, you're shivering. So it does take a little bit out of it. And also sound doesn't travel as much when there's a lot of moisture in the air and stuff. But we are in a 30,000-seater stadium. And, you know, it was a little bit flat probably uh, against Forest, But I think it's flat because, and I'm going to come on to Josh on this. I I've been worried personally, uh, and I've been really happy with where we're going and the progress has made and some of the results that we've had and Gary O'Neill and where, we where we've got to. Um, but a blip has turned to me to a trend. And this is... This slow start to games, conceding early against Tottenham, early against Fulham, conceding early against Sheffield United. We nearly conceded early against against Burnley. If it wasn't uh, for a great couple of great saves from uh, from Bentley and missed opportunities, and again we conceded early against Forest. You give teams, a, you know, a start. Yeah. And you, you don't start playing until 20, 25 minutes. You're always going to be playing catch-up. We did play catch-up. We got the great goal. And then we never pushed off. Josh, what's your take on this slow start? Because it's really starting to niggle me now. It's it's not like, like I say, a blip. It's becoming a trend mm. that's happening. Why do you think this is? And what did you? What, what's your thoughts on Lucas's observations on the uh, the atmosphere in the last couple of games? It's weird with a slow start. To me, it only seemed that slow start's come in really since Neto's been. We've lost that outlet with Neto. They're allowed to push the team a bit further up the pitch. Yeah. Um, it allows the front three to move more um, because you've got Neto just sticking to that one side. And then you've got Hwang and Kuhn, you're doing what they need to do on the other side or giving Neto a free round um, in behind them, a bit like Pablo Sarabi was doing the weekend. But I don't know, I don't know what it is that the front three first 15 20 minutes are just static you watch them all they don't move and then it was, it was like that for the old the second half it was just there was no movement at all in the second half it was it was ridiculous and he got to the, nothing would stick nothing would stick at all yesterday um it was it was just that last half an hour yesterday was a, a slow burner of <laughs> it just Did you think we lost the midfield when lamina went off yeah, I think we lost it a bit. I thought Bubakar was going to, he was, if you notice, he was veering out to the right, then towards South Bank, Billy Wright, and it was, like you, it was just then Gomez left in the middle. No one was tracking back um, when Bubakar was pushing out. Um, 
but the slow start, I just can't can't explain it. It just doesn't seem to to work the first fifteen minutes. But the one thing I will say is, uh, I think it's something like eight points from losing positions this season so far. So it's a good job teams aren't scoring two or three in the first fifteen minutes because getting eight points um, is not a bad return. But we we've, we've got to stop doing that because there'll be some games soon where. Brighton's a big example of the start of the season when we went down two two goals really early. Um but it's uh they've got to do something about it, but what, what they do, that's it, it's weird. It's really weird. And the one thing I will say is Fulham did its second half on the Monday last week. Boris Burnley did it on Tuesday night as they kicked off at the start of the game, and Burnley did it yesterday. What the old football, yeah, way around, yeah, sorry. The old football league kickoff where they've stuck everybody to the one side of the pitch and just lumped it up straight away. Got it back to the centre half, who's just lumped it, and it's put the pressure straight on us straight away. And I've not seen Premier League teams do that for for a while. In the last three games, teams we've played have all done it when they've kicked it, off the first or the second half. They're seeing that as a weakness to Wolves because if I'm an opposition, uh, I'm going to come on to Chris now uh, to come in on on this next. If I'm an opposition manager at the moment. You know, my dad said it, and he's like 86 and he's seen it. He said they know that we're slow out the blocks. They know that we're like we're not high pressing and, and, and we're just slow starting. So they come at us and they're on the front foot. And when we've done really well against City and Tottenham and all of that, I know we conceded early against Tottenham, but we'd completely dominated that game after, after conceding that goal. We were on the front foot you know, chasing lots of energy. There just seems to be a lack of energy in the first 15, 20 minutes. Chris, I mean, am I just imagining this or is this something that you have a concern of as well? Um, lack of energy, I think, I think is a trend in the Premier League at the moment. If you look at Newcastle at the moment, they're dead on the feet. I think there's a bit of that with us. What I would say on sat on Saturday was Nottingham Forest went out to train 10 minutes before us and um, left about seven or eight minutes after us. It's just they seem to be training for a lot longer than we would. Um, I mean, warming I up. Yeah, warming up at the start of the match. So I think there's an element of that. Um, if you used to watch the team come out in the second half, I talk about the second half, um, when, when we had Nuno there, there'd be a guy there, he'd put them through a drill, and they go onto the pitch and start. Um, we've got a couple of cones down. I'm not knocking the coaching team because I think they're doing a great job, but it's just observations. Put a couple of cones down. Some of them actually sprint. Some of them just jog past. Kuna, Sarabia didn't do the, the warm-up activity. Just sort of people to look at when when, when they watch the next game. It, it's if, if you apply yourselves like that, then then, you know, I think it's a... I think it's just a, a bit of a thing that we've got going. I don't. I don't think teams are, are are pushing us particularly hard. I just think, I just think the way that we're playing at the moment, we haven't got the outlet of Neto. We haven't got um, eight Nori. So you know, one thing he's good at is putting teams under pressure and getting on with the ball. Bueno, Bueno, as Luke said, is a different type of player. But I'll tell you why Bueno didn't work. A bit later on with with uh, on Saturday. Well, tell uh, us now. Not, well, tell us now. Whilst we're on the subject, so it's Cody's fault. 
If you Classic watch Toti, yeah, if you watch Toti when he plays with Bueno, when he receives the ball very slowly from Dawson, what he does is he immediately turns, telegraphs the ball to the left back. And they're closing, you go closing down. Closing down, he do not know where it's going. What he's got to do is get the ball and run at the guy that's got to close, close um, Bueno down. And as he closes in and creates a space for Bueno, he needs to release it, but he, he doesn't. So it's the easiest job in the world for their fullback to defend because he knows Totty's not going to run at him. He's going to pass it to Bueno. And, th- and that's what the, the young lad from is Liverpool, isn't it? He? he was that, that lad that was at fullback. Yeah. He just knew what was going to happen, and any time, time again, he right, he's got the ball. He's going to turn past the Bueno, and off he went, and he cut the ball out. He did it time after time. That's what the difference is. Um, maybe with eight Nori, he come further back down the pitch, um, yeah, but he's back. confident in creating more space and attacking people with space. See, Bueno's trying to edge to the right so that the pass onto him lets him go, rather than eight Nori, you will come back and then go. That's the two differences in a fullback. Um, well, you played Bueno's, that position Bueno's. yourself, didn't you, mate? Yeah, Bueno. So Bueno can defend better than Eight Nori, but but that that's the difference. He's got a different attacking style, unless we learn to close in that space with Totti, then release the ball and give Bueno the space. It's going to be difficult, and that that's where the difference is with it too. It's happening time and time again on 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 Saturday. Um, um, so well, I'm I just that, I think that invites them onto us. I'm just going to say, a smudge here has just come on, saying Hugo Bueno is Wolves' best player. Hugo Bueno is not Wolves' best player at all by a million miles. He's a good player and he's a good prospect, but he's not our best player. Um, you know, if he was if he was our best player, he'd be winning man of the match performances every week, like Lamina. Uh, and... He's also injured as well, Dave. Yeah, and he's sat there say, Yeah, he's, he's he's coming back from injury. He's got a lot of potential, but he's not our best player. But he's a good player and he's got a lot of potential. Lucy, um, you know, what's your observations of uh, Burnley and Forest, and what what sort of points would you like to make? Um, I think the word frustration comes to mind very, very clearly. Um, I was just bored yesterday, and Burnley, it was just very, very slow. All the passing, I, I don't know what's going on with our passing at the moment. The last two games. It's been extremely poor. Um, Totty yesterday, Chris has brought up the subject. Totty yesterday frustrated me. I thought he was the worst player on that pitch yesterday. His passing was dreadful. And they knew it. And they knew exactly where to hit every single time. I was swearing my head off last night. So apologies to mum and dad. But I did. Because he was just doing my head in. I wish he took him off because he was just it was just no good at all. There isn't a, there's a limited option, so isn't there really at centre there back? Is, oh, you've got Santiano Bergo, bueno, but that's about as far <laughs> as it goes. And he's still not the pace of the Premier League either. But we need because options. We we do need the options, but anything's better than a player that can't pass a damn ball. Yeah. If you can't pass a ball from the back, there's something not right. And I've got to say, I don't like Kilman being on the side either. I'd prefer him to be in front of goal, the same as Cody used to. That's a good point. Samuel Sheldon says, has fans thought that if you create noise and cheer, the players on the mic respond better? Well, mate, we've just talked well, about... Well, when he works, mate. Nobody turns up there, Dave, at the start of the game to moan. Um, it's a two-way street, you know. Yeah. What we need to see is application and movement and effort. 
And if we see those three things, then then they'll get the same from the fans. But if we don't see it, it's very hard for the fans to do it. Well, this is, like, this is the point I was making. I don't agree with what Samuel's saying there because the fans mm -hmm. have been magnificent in backing the team. I don't know if you've been to a game or he just watches it on the telly. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm actually there home and away. The away, the, 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 the away support have been absolutely sensational uh, this year, it, even when things have been really bad, getting absolutely peed on and uh, cold and freezing cold and getting rained on and wet and everything. And Josh, you've been there as well. And they've been magnificent. And they've been magnificent for most of the season compared to last season. Molyneux's been really, really good. But the last... Um, you know the last few performances haven't been. You know when you're not when the when the team's starting slow, even though the fans are behind them, it does take the wind out the fan sails. Uh, and you know it's been flat. You know we we did raise the team yesterday when we conceded the goal. They didn't turn on the team. The the fans got behind the got behind the team, encouraged them off, encouraged them on, and we scored. Let's face it. Probably an absolutely brilliant goal. It was yeah. a fantastic move. It was a yeah. brilliant. Oh, butter. Yeah, it was. It, that's the sort of goal you, you you see Man City and teams like that do when against teams that play a low block. It was a beautiful ball through. Sarabia made the movement. He cuts it back on. We've got Cooney running into the box. He finishes it off. It was one, two, three, bang, goal. They'd we score goals like that, no, Dave, all the time. That those are the sort of goals we score. Sarab. Not Sarabia, but the Mina score one. Not so Wang always seems to be at the back post to mm. play it back across and keep. It, it seems to be something that we we score a goal in that manner very often. I think. So um, I don't think it's a one-off. Well, no, we we do, but but like we, I mean, we didn't score hardly any goals last season. And yeah. Wolves historically, over the last three or four years, have had an issue with breaking teams that just sit. Now, we all knew Forrest had come off the back of a 5-0 drubbing. We're just going to, you know, Steve Cooper's job's on the line. He's going to want to get something out of the game. They probably came for a point and, you know, they were hoping for a set piece, a breakaway goal, or, you know, it, their throw-ins were actually better than our corners, to be fair, the guy that was throwing, because we still can't deliver a set piece. Still took five minutes every time they took a throw-in there. It, it, it did. And, you know, they got what they come for. We got the, the, the equaliser. And then, at half, you're thinking... Coming half time, we'll come out second half, get on the front foot, push them back and take the game away from them. And it didn't happen again. Lucas, why is it? Why didn't it happen? What happened? You play, you know, you, you're quite a you know, young lad, but you stu studied the game a lot. One of the things that Lucas um, does is study formations, how teams play. He, 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 he does deep dives into analytics of how different teams play. Where, what, what what did you pick out of that? If you were to talk about Lucas, where we went wrong, and what Forest were doing to stop us from playing, what what you know, fill us in. I think what's killing Wolves the most at the minute for the past two games is Gary's changes to go to sideways and backwards football, because there's so many times in the Burnley game, especially, we'd be going on a counter attack, we'd look up, no one's there, we were scared of the taking on the man, we'd turn back and you pass it. So when they're compact. Because you start breaking us down, so then we have to go back and they're getting men forward and putting the pressure on. Yeah. So I did notice, like my dad referred to it, and that and sensation. We were like crabs going side to side a lot, and we we saw that sort of football. Sadly to say, under Bruno Large, that's the sort of thing that we were doing. 
And one of the things, I mean, you know, Gary O'Neill's done really, really well for us. You know, we've had injuries to Neto, Aitnari. We've had suspensions with Lamina and Gomez. Um, you know, we've had Dawson out. You know, we've had the incident with Johnny Otto. He's now suspended, you know, not going to be involved with the first team squad till the end of January, which basically says to me that he's going to go in January. And if he's still here, they might integrate him in again. You know, we've got a small squad. We've got limited options on the bench. And I will want to talk about the substitutions as well. But one of the things that Gary O'Neill has said, which was really good when he said on that Monday night football, he has a way he wants to play with a bar that's up here, how he wants to play against certain teams. But he looks at the tactics and he adjusts that down, depending on, like, if you're playing City or you know, Liverpool or whatever to get results. He saw saw that work against City and Tottenham. So why I'm, what I'm, the question that I'm wondering is, if he's got a bar up there, why are we dropping that bar down to here for like Forest and Burnley? Surely there's an option for games like that where we can tweak it and go back to a back four, put an extra man in midfield or, you know, do the, and do that as well and play more towards the bar where he wants to be because we've got to try and get the overloads to create the space. Mm -hmm. Like what you said, if you've got an extra man in midfield as well, you can, you can create that because at the, let's face it, Burnley were creating next to nothing. We were controlling the game, but we had still had three defenders on the pitch and two fullbacks that were not getting up the pitch enough. So, we, you know, surely that's an opportunity where we should have changed it. He brings off, obviously, Mario Lamina on 60 minutes. Understand that because, he's, he, you know, he's worrying about his hamstring. I, I did think, again, when he came off, we lost. I always think when Bubakar Traore comes on the pitch and, and Josh, you know, you've been a lot of the way games, Crystal Palace away, various games. He comes. He seems to take 10 to 15 minutes to me to get up to the game. The start against Arsenal for the first 10 or 15, 20 minutes, he was lost. Uh, and then he gets onto the pace of the game and he's kind of on it. He doesn't seem to get up to the pace quickly mm. enough. And also, I thought yesterday was surely the sort of game where you bring Tommy Doyle on, who makes these forward positive yeah. passes and he never brought him on. And then he brings on Sasha Kalajic the board's up for four minutes of added time. What a waste of time of bringing Sasha Kalajic on for four minutes at the end. If you're going to bring the, bring him on, at least give him 10, 15 minutes to bring him yeah. on. What's he, what's he going to do in four minutes? It doesn't change anything. Forrest saw the game out. And in fact, you know, they could have won it. And as much as, we, you know, I sing the praises and some of the things that we've done, there are some questionable... Um, Tactics and decisions that were made yesterday, Josh, and on maybe I mean we got we got away with it against Burnley. I think yeah. So yesterday we got away with it massively. There was the chance, um, right, cannon the crossbar. There was the chance about ten minutes after that, where I don't know where they'd not edited that in in the North Bank. Yeah, um, it was just right in front of us. It was just literally. I thought it was a goal when it was coming across, and it just went a, a foot over the yeah. bar and scored. The only thing I'll say on the last two performances. And you're surely going to Sheffield United as well. And people can say, oh, it's, it's the manager's tactics. But it's happened with three managers now in the Premier League. As soon as a team sticks 11 men behind the board against us, we cannot break them down. And we never have been able to break them down. But I don't but know what Josh, it is. It's happened Josh. under Nuno. It's happened under Bruno. And it's happened under Gary. As soon as 11 men go behind that ball and the opposition team in their own half, that's why it's going backwards and forwards. But Josh, can't break them down. But Josh, I agree with you completely. 
as regards that. But we showed we can do it with the goal that we scored. Why didn't we do more of that in the second half, Lucy? I've got no idea, mate, to be honest. I, I, I don't understand our thinking. We've always been a team who plays this way. Against the big teams, we go all out, we attack, we, we, we defend for our lives. Against the lower teams who we know we should beat, every single time we just go on the defense and yesterday that just that just didn't seem up to speed whatsoever at all it was awful i just i just don't understand it and to be fair it was a little bit monotonous and it wasn't exactly the most exciting game the burnley game wasn't excite very exciting we got the job done now the one thing the caveat that i want to do put up on put on this um you know, Chris, you know, he, he he was positive about Tottenham. You were positive about Manche Manchester City that we get the result. But, like, after we've got these sort of results and we're at home against Burnley and Forest, there's a, there is a there is a level of expectation. There's a level of low expectation, expectation against City and like that. But we all go, it's the sort of team that will, it's the sort of game that Wolves will go and win because that's what Wolves do. And then when we play Burnley and Forest at home, if Burnley come off the off a 5 0 win, okay, it was against Sheffield United and they got a bit of confidence and they got another good result away at Brighton yesterday. So, you know, they, 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 they turn in the corner. Um, and then we're playing Forest, so we're a team, you know, fighting for the light. There is a level of expectation here that's going to be there that we should roll these teams out, but they're not going to be easy to do. And I do feel that we seem to loosen up against the cities and the Tottenham's and play the games like, but we tend to hold back for whatever reason. Whereas we should at that we should be like doing what Fulham's doing, like the last two games, five. When was the last time? Can anyone tell me the last time we won? By more than by, we scored three, four, or five nil yeah. against anyone in the Premier League. I, I, I can't remember it. I'd love to know. Watford the town. Watford at home. What was January, that? January, January last year. Was that three nil? Four. Four nil. Okay, so it's a long time, you know. And think, you know, but on before the game, I wanted six points, but I said a minimum of four points. So we have got the four points. But the concern for me is. One, the lethargic starts to the game. And Gary O'Neill, I think, says they're a little bit tired and everything. It's like, yeah, okay, they're a little bit tired. But every other team has these problems. Okay, our squad definitely got injuries. Some teams have got more injuries than any, the, 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 you know, look at the likes of Tottenham and Newcastle and stuff. I know they've got bigger, probably bigger squad, but they've got injuries. But, like, we've still got players that are like Tommy Doyle, you know, that didn't even get on the pitch. Sasha Kalajic, that got four minutes. If your players are tired, why are we leaving it that late? Chris, you're nodding. Yeah, I, I, I my only criticism of Gary O'Neill so far is his bewildering use of substitutes. Um, you've bought Traore now on and got him surging down the right wing. He was doing it far too often for it to be a just a, a tactical opening that he ends up there all the time. He, he, he'd been purposely told to go down that right wing. He put some belters of crosses in, to be fair to him. Got nobody there. 
why didn't why didn't we bring Sasser on at that point where we're we're not using the the, the three guys up front playing off each other, which we were like the way they play, and we're, we're changing it because we're going to go down the ring across the ball. You need to bring Sasser on. Uh, whether he's going to edit or not is, is another thing, but you've got you've got to try and change it. Um, I, I, I'm also puzzled about this choice of subs and the fact that he doesn't ever use them. So, you know, talk about Fabio. He's not even getting on the pitch. He won't play again. So, if he's not getting on the pitch, why pick him? Why have him on the subs bench at all? Exactly. Um, the young lad, Chiru, uh, you know, I'd rather him put him on for four minutes and get a bit of experience than Sasa. You know, I, I just don't see see what, what he's trying to do. Um, Tom, it was crying out for Tommy Doyle, somebody to get the ball and ping it out to the wingers, fullbacks, or whatever they, they were called yesterday, to get down the wing. He could have switched the play and moved the ball about quick because that, you know, when you've got teams that are doing that block, and it, it's all right to play that game and, 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 and struggle against them because, let's face it, that's what we did against Man City most of the time. They couldn't break us down. So it's not a walls of crap thing. That's just football. But when you've got people doing that, you need somebody who can get the ball and move it quickly. Because you can move the ball quicker than a player can run. And that that's what that's what Tommy Doyle could have done. But what we do is we don't do that. We pass it, you know, Semedo, Kilman, Dawson. By that time they're back in shape. Then we give it to Totti, who's got somebody bearing down and he gives it to Bueno Bank. That's what was happening. So we we I, I do question substitutes and, and utilising them. Now, let's get kids. Let's get kids on. You know, let's get these chewers and these other players on and let them have a go because we're putting people on the bench that he's not going to play. Mm-hmm. He's definitely not playing Fabio anymore. And do you know where we got our goal? Where we got our goal from? Because we were slow. The second they scored... The intensity level of the Wolves team went up two or three notches. We started moving the ball a lot faster. We were pulling them around because we were moving the ball faster from side to side, pushing through the middle. We were making them think. And we were we, there was an intensity in our play. And because of the intensity, we got the goal because they couldn't, you know, it all clicked into place. And the frustration is that we didn't, I, I, I don't know whether he did. I mean, Gary O'Neill, you'd hope he'd say at half-time, hey, guys, you know, we got the goal through doing what we've been doing in training. The movement and the intensity was there. That's what we need to carry on into the second half. Do that. These are there for the taking. If we'd have got, if we'd have got in the lead, then we'd have, we would have got probably two or three more because they'd have had to opened up. But yeah. it never happened. And the thing that frustrated me was because it didn't happen and then Lamina went off. Bubakar comes on like Bubakar does. I like the lad. I do like him. He always gives a lot of effort. But he, he, he seems to be lost, as I've said, for 10 to 15 minutes. The initiative changed. And then it was Forrest that were controlling the game and taking control of the game. And like you said, they had a couple of clear, really good opportunities to win the game. Had they scored, there's no way we were going to get back into it and get another goal because we didn't we, we want to do it. But Lucas, he didn't, you he, didn't, he didn't freshen it up, though, Dave. This is a, I, I know. these teams are continually freshening, freshening their front attacking midfielders. You know, they're changing most of the midfields and, and sort of the strikers when we play against them. And we're not doing. It. I mean, you bring Bellegarde. Or, I, I mean, 
Bellegarde. I like I'm not sure what he actually does. <laughs> I like Bellegarde, but for me, it was an, it was it was crying out for Tommy Doyle to come on. I mean, Lucas. I mean, am I talking crap? Would you have changed it to a back four and changed and gone at an extra midfielder? I mean, like, what are what what are your thoughts? What needed to happen there, or is it just a problem that Wolves have got because of the depth and the talent of squad that we've got that we're just going to have to accept that against teams that just sit back against us, we're just going to struggle to break them break them down, and it's going to be a bit lethargic and slow. Uh, some managers uh, voted for having five subs, but Wolves are only, in the past three games, I think it is, we've only been using three to four subs. So that means we've still got one player that could be making an impact. Like you're saying, Tommy Doyle should be going on with the three balls that he did against Spurs. So if we just had one of them and uh, gave, even if he brought Fabio on, just for that uh, holder play, and then, uh, so he overlapped him, through ball into Sasa, Sasa's goal. Straight away, but they did have Willie Bolly on the pitch, which does have height. But Willie Bolly wasn't on anything with um, Sasa when Sasa came on. I think there was one free kick, and Sasa wasn't getting marked by um, Bolly. So even if Fabio did come on, Bolly wouldn't have been um, <clears throat> there to be on uh, Sasa. So it was just one free ball, it's headed goal. Yeah, and and that and and that's the thing, and and you know, fact that whatever you say about Fabio Silva, whether you like him, whether you don't, whether your time is up, and all of that sort of jazz, I do agree with what Chris is saying. If the lad's on the bench, he's a forward player. We're looking to get a goal. You've got Tommy Doyle, who has when he's come on has not let us down. He turned the gate. I mean, that that ball within five minutes of him coming on against Luton, forward pass. He's always looking forward, Tommy Doyle. Uh, Gomez, you know, does what Gomez does, gets in the tacket, uh, you know, and Bubakar. But we needed a midfielder that was going to sort of look to really get those diagonal forward balls, to get the wing-backs going and get the overlaps going and to move the ball quickly. And Tommy Doyle, they got another example of Tommy Doyle that I want to, want to bring on as well is the winning goal against Tottenham Hotspur. Lamina wins the wins the free kick, but Tommy Doyle straight away gets the free kick. He plays the ball in one pass out to Sarabia, and Sarabia cuts inside. Lamina makes the run again, and we score the goal. It comes from Tommy Doyle, quick thinking, forward thinking, forward pass, get us away. And I think the midfielders that we had on the pitch, um, and the mentality we had, we were weren't looking other than that one ball. I think was it Lamina that played the ball through to Sarabia. Mm-hmm. He was off the yeah. pitch. Um and Sarabia is good for making those runs. Because we had no midfielder that was looking to that, they stopped making the runs in the second half because they weren't they were I saw many times Wang made the run and a few and he was putting his hand up and he was running across the line. The ball went sideways rather than giving him a chance to get onto it. And if they if they keep if the forward <laughs> The wide players are making those runs, and they're then not getting picked out. They stop making the runs. And Dave, I haven't seen the figures, but I'm, I, I'd be staggered if Wang hadn't run more than anybody else yet on Saturday, because he was running all over the place. But he was ball. trying to make the runs when he he wasn't he getting, getting the ball. The ball. And a I Tommy Doyle would have got would have got in that ball. I mean, we will wait and see. I mean. Fabio Silva didn't come on the pitch forward. People say probably maybe he wouldn't have done nothing. Maybe he would. Sasha Kalajis, four minutes to go. You know, Lamina, that's a, an enforced change. 
Who else? Belagard came on for first uh, Sarabia, so it's kind of a like for like. Sarabia again, he did, um, you know, get the assist for the goal. So you can't, you know, his assists and goals he's starting to come. Cunha again, the last five games, assists and goals he's starting to come good. So there are good things that are happening. But if you get the right balls into the likes of Sarabia, into the likes of Wang, into the likes of Kuna, and you've got you move it quicker, you open even the most stubbornest of uh, low block defenses, and you get the goal. We just stopped doing it, and they stopped eventually making the runs, uh, which was frustrating. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, Josh, just before we get on, I do want to come on to the, the next part of the thing. I do want to let people, uh, remind people, if I can, about one of our partners, um, which are NordVPN. And I want to talk about them because you're coming up to Christmas Um and they have got, at the moment, an exclusive Christmas deal for Always Wolves uh, subscribers. Um, if you use the link in the description below, you can save big and get four months extra. You, you basically go through, um, which is a better deal than you can get anywhere else on their site. It works out at £2.30 a month. It's, it's £64 for um, two years plus an extra three months instead of and almost 190 you can put your NordVPN on your Fire Stick, on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone, and on every device in your house. And when you want to watch your programs from your American or you want to watch your football, you can put it on your TV as well. And if you're going on any winter sun holidays, you can get it on there. It's absolutely fantastic. I've got it. I use it. It's really, really good. And that's a great offer. The link is in the description uh, below. Right. Let's go on now to Lucy. I want, Lucy, for you to give me your highlight of the week uh, from Bournemouth and Forest um, or whatever else it might be. I want your performance rating um, for the weekend um, and I want um, your man of the match for the weekend as well, please. Oh, it's a tricky one. Um, I think yesterday would be... A five and a half. A five point five. Yeah, simply because it was I was bored for the majority bored. of the game to score a goal um, and to feel a bit of you know exhilaration for what five minutes was great. The rest of it, it was just cack, absolute crap. Yeah. Um, man of the match, I think I'm, I'm going to give it to Sarabia. Sarabia, okay. Yeah. Explain yeah. why. Um, 
I don't know. He made he made some decent runs with the ball yesterday, um, and he tried. It just it, it didn't seem that the others were trying very hard. Um, but that's the only thing I can I can pick I picked up on yesterday. Um, but moments is Thursday night when we went out. It was nothing to do with the football. It was for charity, and we had an absolutely superb night. And I'm so grateful for the invite. Oh well, you're such a sweetie for saying that. And we did have a we did have a good night, didn't we? We did. Uh, Your dad dancing, brilliant. He, yeah, he, he enjoyed Stop. himself as well, which was nice to see and cheering up. Because of course, it's it's going to be a. It, you know, personally for me and the family, my dad and everything, it's, you know, it's going to be a tough uh, couple of weeks. Obviously, losing my mum about four months ago. It's my mum's birthday next week. Well, this week coming. Um, so that's tough. And then we've got Christmas and it's the first one without us. So it's uh, it's really tough. Um, we're going to look after my dad. We're going to go out for a meal at, um, you know, somewhere that my mum really loved for her birthday. And uh, we're going to have Dad with us on Christmas Day to make sure that he's got family close. But, it, it, you know, it's when I think about it, I'm getting emotional thinking about it because it is tough. Yeah. Uh, without my mum, miss her really a lot. So, Josh, um, your highlight of the week, um, the games, your man of the match, your performance rating? Um, so, highlight of the week, Sam's Lucy's the... Uh, the um... Wolves All Stars charity day on Thursday night and get to meet everybody. And uh, hopefully, by the looks of it, from the money that was being chucked in the uh, raffle ticket, um, book it looks like it's to have raised quite a bit of money, hopefully, for some, yeah. some charities. That was a really good night. Um, man of the match for yesterday, I'm probably going to go Saravia, although it was close with Gomez. Um, I'm going to say the fact he got the goal. Um, first half, he looked like he was making a lot of movement, trying to recycle the ball um, from midfield and get it forward. Um, um, match rating is a five. Match rating a five. Over to you, Lucas. I think man of the match is um, Cunha. Uh, it's just something that can drop. And I saw it a lot. He was dropping into midfield, helping the midfield and supporting the midfield. I think um, the rating was a 4.5 <clears throat> and the highlight was the anti-VAR protest. Oh, yeah, we should talk about the uh, the VAR protest, actually. I did a little video um, up on that. That was organised by the old uh, gold pack. Uh, there was banners around, you know, just outside the subway. There was, uh, obviously, there was flyers uh, given out Um it was a bit of a protest, but there wasn't really many cards that were in the stadium. It didn't. I mean, you saw the Everton uh, one where everyone had these these cards for Everton and stuff like that. And I think it, you know, the club, I guess, doesn't get directly involved with it because, like, if you wanted everyone to hold them up, you put them on the seats, not give them out before the game, and because they were giving them out, it never really made much of an impact. Yeah. Um, and I know there's money been raised and money spent and stuff like that, but I, I don't really think it really it didn't get picked up by the media. Um, there was not enough cards in the stands for it to uh, to even get. There was a couple of news outlets that picked it up. Did it? Who picked it yeah, up? Yeah, Daily Mail. 
Um, that good. It was about three or four. Um, in the end, they all picked it up. They just put it on like a sub page on the website. But I don't, I don't I think get a lot of all this noise any real done. sort of. I mean, it's a protest because of everything that's gone up and forth. I mean, like I'm not anti-VAR personally I'm not like get rid of it I'm not in that, yeah. that camp of getting rid of VAR because you can argue to get rid of it as much as you like we ain't it ain't gonna it's not going anywhere VAR mm. is not gonna be got rid of there's no point having a campaign as one club in the Premier League to get rid of VAR because it's some bad decisions the thing for me is VAR is a tool to make the game better and it's the tools that use the damn thing that uh, are the problem and how it's being used. If you get, like, you know, someone behind a car who can drive a car properly and drives properly around the road, or you get an idiot that just spins the car around and drives into a flipping bin or something like that, it's the same sort of thing. A machine and a tool is only as good as the people that use it. And... That's the, the thing that seems to have been affecting Wolves, whether we've talked about this a lot. So VAR needs to be massively improved in how it's implemented. I don't, I don't think you can you can be for VAR and against VAR and you can have an opinion on that, like you can have an opinion on everything. But the fact of the matter is you can huff and puff and say, get rid, get rid all you want. It ain't. It is not going anywhere. So the thing that we need to do is highlight for me is how it's implemented and used and and push on that and educate and push back on the people like get ex-footballers in independent people in maybe refs from overseas all of that sort of stuff so there's seen to be i mean you look at the world cup and we've talked about that many many times and hardly any incidents at all with the use of it but over in the premier league we've had a lot of it Let's hope we don't see any more for Wolves or we get some in our favour. But we just like the the message, enough is enough. Give us back our football. All of those sort of sentiments are the right message. Yeah. Like we've done the T-shirt, haven't we? VAR, apologise. Um, VAR, error, apology, repeat, which again, there's a link in the thing below. That's kind of what it, the cycle that we go on with Wolves. But uh, Lucas, it's uh, it's a good point that you raised because we 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 ought to talk about what what was your thought on the protest uh, the, the thing you highlighted as a highlight. What was your thought? I think it's to get the fans' point of view across because Hardweb can come out and do like all the TV shows in the world, but he's not listening to the fans' decisions of what they think should be the outcome. But even I saw after the Man United game uh, when Onana wiped out Sasa, some even United fans are saying it's a penalty. Uh, I know how I came out and said it, it was a penalty, but he needs to be interacting with the fans up more. I know at the Women's World Cup, we were speaking through the speakers, the referees when they gave the VAR decision. So even if they had that to hear why they gave the decision, that, they, they didn't give the decision, though, did they? They just said it's this decision, like when they point. There was no. In the Women's World Cup, there was no, this is why it's being given. It was awarded decision penalty, awarded decision, not a penalty. I think that what they did in that was, was pointless. It needs yeah, to be. basically, they just read what they put on the screen is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I mean, Chris, on the VAR thing, you, 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 I'll see you nodding and shaking there. What was you, your thought of that yesterday? And we will come on. I mean, we just stopped a little bit to talk about that, which I think is right. 
you know i mean I you're great. involved with the trust um and the trusts are involved with the fsa i don't know if yeah, you've got... so um the trust donated uh what i thought was considerable bit of money towards how much i'm not telling you Dave, because i don't know what else you're telling me so i'm not going to i'll find out and let you know next week but um it it was it was a reasonable amount and um I'm not so sure what we did on Saturday it was very effective. I turned around, had a look in the stadium. I couldn't see many placards up um, where I was sat. Anyway, um, I don't know whether because the club seemed unwilling to let them put placards out and they had collection points and people just head down cold getting the ground and didn't even see the, the stuff. I don't know. It didn't seem to be... Um, it didn't seem to be that widespread no. I, personally this isn't a trust view but my own view and, and we spoke about this i would have done something completely different i'd have brought whistles in and blown them like mad just to make the biggest statement you could have done you've probably got in trouble for it but you know that that's that's how how i saw it I, i'm not so sure what we did saturday is going to change the price of fish basically uh, i think you know um wasn't wasn't widely reported yeah just is right it was out it was publicized a couple of times but it you know wasn't as big as they intended it to be yeah, by the looks of it no it, it was a bit of a damp squib it actually reflected the 90 minutes of football i watched <laughs> quite well i think to be fair on Saturday. non-existent <laughs> yeah yeah um on the match ratings yeah. that's what you ask um it's a war for me, Dave. I think we we need to understand, and I don't think this is a management team. I think it's the players that uh, they they need to be more expansive and 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 more more um, direct and faster on the ball than they were on Saturday. They were far too slow and lethargic. I think lethargic would be a good word for the performance. Um, so I couldn't really give it any more than that. One bit of football we played, we scored a goal from, but we failed to actually reproduce anything like that football for the rest of the match. Uh, the goal was a mistake. Their goal was a mistake. Totally got in a right mess, didn't he, and put us into trouble. Um, I've seen people on social media blaming Saar for the goal. I, I can't quite for the life of me work out what that's about. Um, and Saar made a great save. From the Kilman, yeah. Kilman dropped him right in it, uh, and and to be fair, there's a lot of people that say that they want Bentley in goal. I don't think Bentley would have come out and stopped that. I, I don't you know. know. I think he might have done, mate. He made a very similar save last week. He made a double save. <laughs> I think he's. Identical. No, I don't. I don't think they were the same. I think. I think they were good range shot blocks, and they were good saves. What he did the week before, but that was an instinctive get out, get down, and and yeah, you know, I, I do he's, think he's. Is anyone like a Chris Woods on that ball though? Back in the back of the net, no matter who's yeah. in goal. Yeah. I was, I was good I job. Was it was Fonate. I was crapping it when he came on. To be honest, I thought yeah, right. Gonna to me as well, he always, he's he going to come scores. on and bang a goal in here because he always the, the game changed. Us. Um, man of the match, I agree with Josh and Lucy. I've, I've got to give it to Rabia. He's he's gone from being somebody that I thought Lopetegui had brought in. He's not happy. He's waving his arms around. I don't really know what he's going to do here on he, he seems to have 
come out of that the other side in the last six so, so games he's been been great he's, he's really showed his um his worth to me and um i think he's been a great great signing and if he carries on the way he is he just gives us another dimension the front three i think are working great for us um highlights my highlight was thursday night but not not for meeting everybody that was that's a given because we were all meeting but the highlight for me was seeing Don Goodman doing Bruce Forsyth impressions, which that was hilarious. That was yeah, actually that was quite, that was a really that funny. Was actually, thing. It was actually quite funny. Right, guys, uh, we're going to move on to the uh, to the penalty shootout to finish off the show. Uh, just before I get on to that, I do want to remind everyone that you can get your Christmas baubles for your tree, and I have got some on my tree just there, if you can see. And your Christmas crackers for your for your Christmas dinner. There are, I've got to tell you this, the 12 Days of Christmas campaign is taking place at the moment on uh, the FOCO website, which I will share with you. You can get your slippers, your Molyneux bricks all. But if you look here, the Wolves Plus throw that I talked about, the blankets reduced from 35 to 25 pound and it's really warm. The, uh, the ball balls are reduced from 15 to eight pounds. The crackers are reduced from 15 to eight pounds. Uh, and your holiday pajamas, your wolf pajim jams, they are reduced from 30 pounds to 15 pounds as well. So there's other things on there. The gnomes are sold out at the moment. So get on there quick before everything sells out. Uh, the link's in the description below. Um, and there are, if you've got people that are fans of other clubs, there are discounts on fans of other clubs as well. And anything that's not discounted, use always Wolves 15 and you'll get yourself a, a discount on that as well. But there's only, I think, a, a two or three days left of the 12 days of Christmas offer. So if you're going to get these, these heavy discounts, you need to get on it like pretty much straight away. Right, let's get on to the penalty shootout quiz. Hey, did you wait till after nine o'clock to show your balls on the channel? Is that... <laughs> oh, You're hilarious, aren't you? You're hilarious. Right, I'm going to spin. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, I've done these one before, so I just uh, want to... Uh, that hasn't worked. <laughs> uh, I want to make sure... That uh, it's going to be some. Let's do. Oh. We're going to do captains. Okay. So, to start with, so everyone's got three penalties, right? So, this is going to go over onto, uh, onto the next one. We're going to go over on uh, three penalties each. And this is going to see who becomes this week's Always Wolves quiz champion. So, Lucas, as you're making a full debut today, you can decide whether you want to go first, second, third or fourth. I'll go second. Second. Lucy, as you've got the golden smile, you can decide whether you want to go first, third or fourth. Third. Third. Third, yeah. Third, okay. And as Josh seems to be paying attention at the moment... You can decide whether you want to go first or fourth. I thought I was going first there. That's why I was like, oh, okay. Right. Well, before, we, before we get started, guys, 
Who are you rooting for and who do you think is going to win in the chat? You've got like five or ten seconds. I want a, I want Golden Girl, Cheerful, Josh or Lucas. Who's going to, who's going to be your winner? So um, Peter Walsh is going Brave Josh. Who else have we got coming down here? Um, Carl Whitehouse is going Come On Josh. Smudge, Come On Lucas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's so far. Come on, get everyone. Get your put your put put your um your favourite. Who you're going to win? Hold on, I'm calling out Lucas. Um, there's one person. <laughs> um, we've got Golden Girl there. Josh, Golden Girl, Chris. You ain't getting many votes, mate. I'm sorry, guys. The Man City. I'm the Man City of the quiz, Dave. I, I can expect it. Yeah, that's what it is. Does anyone, does anyone, is anyone rooting for, um, is anyone rooting for Cheerful? And did we come up with a, with a nickname for Josh? Hold on, Andrew Knight says, with age comes wisdom. Come on, Chris. Hold on, mate. Uh, Tim's going for the golden girl. You've got someone, Andrew Knight. Right, let's do this then. So, Lucy, you're going first with the first penalty, am I correct? No. Not me. Oh, Josh is going with the first penalty. Bloody hell, need VAR here with this referee. Here we go. Oh, Paul Harris is going for you as well, mate. Paul Harris is going for you as well. So you've got two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Josh. Yeah. Places the ball on the spot (laughs) in front of uh, the baying crowd. Who was the first Wolves captain? And the only goal scorer when they won the FA Cup final in 1992-93. Was it Harry Allard, Harry Wood, Billy Rose or Jack Adambrook? What was the first two? Harry Allard, Harry Wood, Billy Rose, Jack Adambrook. The first one. Are you locking in Harry Allen? Yeah. You're locking it in? Yeah. Nicely tucked away. He tucks it away. Well done, Josh. Absolute guess, that was. Yeah. Well, there was two Harrys, so that was a clue, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. (laughs) Golden girl. No. Lucas. Lucas, sorry. Lucas. (laughs) You're third, aren't you? Lucas. Who was the Wolves captain when they won the FA Cup final in 1907-1908? Was it Kenneth Hunt? Was it George Headley? Was it Billy Harrison? Or was it Billy Woodridge? Is it Billy Harrison? You've hit the post. A living good guess. It was Billy Woodridge. You had a 50-50 there, didn't you? You picked the wrong one, I'm guessing. So... He hits the post. That means that it is you next, isn't it, Lucy, the golden girl? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Lucy, who was the Wolves captain when they won the FA Cup in 1948-49? And who was also the captain when they were champions of the First Division three times in the 50s? Was it Bert Williams, Johnny Hancock, Billy Wright or Jesse Pye? Billy Wright. Smacked it in the top corner, Lucy. Smack. Puts it away. 
right, cheerful. That's all right. He was, yeah, well done. You, no messing. Cheerful. Who was the Wolves captain when they won the FA Cup final in 1959-60? Was it Ron Flowers? Was Bill it Bill Slater. Slater? Was it Billy Wright or Bill Pete Slater? Dunn? Bill Slater. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. You know what? He's Rabona the keeper. Again. <laughs> yeah, he's literally Rabona him. So, Josh, you've got one, yeah? Yeah. Lucas North out of one, Lucy one out of one, cheerful one out of one. Okay. Josh, second pen. Ball's on the spot. Who was the Wolves captain in both legs of the UEFA Cup final when they lost to Tottenham Hotspur in 1971-72? Was it Phil Parks? Was it Jim McCallioch? Was it Kenny Ebit or was it Derek Dugan? Oh. I'm thinking one of the latter two. So the latter two are Kenny Hibbit and Derek Dugan. Um, who are the first two again? The first two, Phil Parks, Jim McCallioch. I need to hurry you. Um, sod it, Phil Parks. Change my mind. You're going for Phil Parks. And unfortunately, Phil Parks was in goal and he has saved your penalty. So you've it's a safe penalty. Lucas. Duke. Back on to you. Back on to you. Was it the Duke, Dave? You didn't say. Oh, yeah. Was it the Duke? No, it was Jim McCallioch. Was it? Yeah. Jim McCallioch. Sorry about that. Lucas, who was the Wolves captain when they won the Football League Cup final in 1973-74? Was it Mick ba Mike Bailey, Jeff Palmer, Derek Parkin or Kenny Hibbett? Kenny Hibbett. It's um, you've hit it over the bar. It was Mike Bailey. It is, it is a bit before your time, to be fair, but it was a, 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 a one of our it was our last uh, last but one uh, major trophy. It was Mike Bailey. So, naught out of two, Lucas, sadly. Um, then we're on to the Golden Girl, who's currently got a hundred percent record. Golden Girl. Who was the Wolves captain when they won the Football League Cup final in 1979-80? Was it Jeff Palmer? Was it Derek Parkin? Was it Kenny Hibbett? Or was it Emily Hughes? Mm, I'm going to go Emily Hughes. Whoa! The golden girl is on fire tonight. She's shimmering <laughs> in the light like a golden girl she is. Two out of two. One step away from a clean sweep so um that puts you in the lead at this stage cheerful the pressure comes back onto <laughs> you who was the wolves captain when they won the the associate members cup final then known as the sherpa van trophy final in 1987 <laughs> Are you sure you want to think about? It? You don't want to. You don't no, want to go that's, Mark that's Kendall, Ali, 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 Floyd Street, or no, it's, Ali, it's Ali Robertson Day. You know what? The keeper's not even set, and he's like, he's just turned and hit it past him through his legs. Two out of two. Right then, Josh, your third 
And final penalty, you have to get this and hope that either Lucy or Cheerful miss their next penalty to go to the to sudden death. Yep. So, who was the one Wolves captain when they won the first division playoff final in 2003 to 2003 to gain promotion to the Premier League for the first time? Was it's it? Two, there's two of these names come up. This is hard one, Josh, because he two, 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 two of them lifted it. We should both the name of Paul. Yeah, Paulington, Paul Butler. Okay, okay. So, it, it, is it Matt Murray, Dennis no. Irwin, no. Paul Lynch, or Jolyon Lescott? Oh, oh. Paul Linton. Correct. Three. This one's more your in, down your level, Lucas. Who did Connor Cody take over from as club captain in 2018? Was it Matt Doherty, Ruben Neves, Danny Barth, or John Runney? Danny Barth. Correct answer. One out of three. Congratulations. You got that one. Um, it does mean that you will be eliminated at this stage, but you can be an adjudicator with me for the rest. Mm -hmm. um, and that means that um, the pressure is... Uh, you, Lucy, you're on two out of three, aren't you? Two out of two. Three... Yeah. Pardon? Two out of two. Two out of two, yeah. Two out of two. Chris, this is your... Um, is this your third penalty? It's your third penalty, isn't it? No, it's Lucy next. Me and Lucy have got one more question. We're both on two, and Josh has got two, but he's had all his questions. That's right, yeah. So that's where I'm the park over. That's yeah, that's okay. Right, Lucy. Which Wolves player scored a hat trick on his home debut in nine March 1967? Was it Derek Dugan, Mike Bailey, Kenny Hibbett? Or Dave Wadstaff scoring a hat trick. I'm going to go with the Mike Bailey, Kenny Hibbert, or Dave Wadstaff. The Duke. Are you locking that in? Yeah. You don't sound very confident, Lucy. I'm not, because it's way before my time. But... What's your process of elimination? Why you've gone for Derek Dugan? He's the one that my my dad, my, one of my dad's heroes. So. Picked him out of the hat, I suppose. And he was a striker. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that always helps. I have to tell you, Lucy, this is a much better appearance than your last match because oh. you have a clean sweep. You've put it past the keeper again. It's three out of three. Yay! Three. And you know what that means, don't you? What? It's all down to this last question. It's all down to Chris now. Yeah. <laughs> so does Chris... He's going to answer straight away. <laughs> Chris, are you, you, you're, you're on two out of two at the moment? Yes, Dave. Okay. Right, okay. Chris, to take this through to sudden death against oh. Lucy or forever have Lucy uh, be able to tell you she beat you at, at, at Always Wolves. Sometimes you have to be a gentleman, Dave. <laughs> yeah, just get your excuses in now. Uh, in what year... Did Derek Parkin, Wolves' most capped player, make his debut for the club? Was it 1967, 1968, 1969 or 1970? To take it to sudden death 
you have to you have to tuck this one away. Not so confident on this one, Lucy. No. 67, 68, 69, or 70. Hmm. Interesting. Did it did it did it did it I'm gonna go sixty-eight. You go in nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah. He's tucked it away. He's given the key for the eyes. Unbelievable. Just when the pressure is off, he gets a 95th minute. 90 plus five. Lucas. Who you who do we think is gonna take it? Lucy. I think Lucy. Hey? Josh, who do you think is <laughs> gonna take it? I'm gonna go with Chris. Sorry, Lucy. I'm gonna go so, 50 50. Guys in the chat, who's gonna win it? It's a fluke tonight, I think. <laughs> Hold on, just answering the guy in the thing. It's always always walls 15. Uh, for the uh, thingy. So we've got Peter Walsh, who's I think is a Forest fan that's uh, rooting for you as well. So next question. Okay. Which Wolves player scored on his debut in September 1979 against the club he would eventually move to after leaving for Wolves uh, after leaving Wolves four years later? So which Wolves player scored on his debut in September 1979 against the club he would eventually move to? After leaving Wolves four years later, is it Emily News, Mel Eves, Andy Gray, or Willie Carr? Is that Lucy's question? Yeah. Okay. So think about the think about the League Cup. Where did he move to? No. Which player scored on his debut yes. for Wolves yeah. um, in September 1979 against the club he would eventually move to after leaving Wolves four years later? This is 1979. Think about what happened in 1979. Emily News, Mel Eves, and, and 79 and 80 season. Andy Gray, Willie Carr. Mel Eves. Are you sure you want to say Mel Eves and not think about who the goal scorer was in the 1980 League Cup final? I've got no clue, Dave. So... Who scored the goal in the 1980 League Cup final? Can you remember? No idea. I wasn't born, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, so you are you going with Mel Eves then? Yeah, I'll go with Mel. Josh, what was it, Lucas? I wanted to say Andy Gray. Lucas? I think I'll agree with Josh. It was Andy Gray. Andy Gray scored the winning goal against Forest, would you believe as well, who we just played the weekend in the League Cup final. So, Chris... Chris, come on, to win it. Steve Bull <laughs> scored on his England debut in May 1989 against which <laughs> team? Um, well, that's an incorrect question, Dave. The answer you're looking for in that book is Scotland, but he actually scored on his debut against Tunisia um, in a friendly, but that, that's fine. Okay, we'll ask you another question. <laughs> it does say Scotland. It is Scotland. But he scored for England, England beats. Yeah, okay. Well, you've eliminated that, so we're not gonna uh, 
count that one. So I'm going to go with a different one. Go on. Um, okay. Okay, here we go. Which Wolves player scored a hat-trick on his debut in an away game against Birmingham City in September 1992? Yeah, the young lad. Um... I can give you multiple choice. Yeah, give me the multiple choices. I'll get it then. David Kelly, Paul Cook, Paul Birch, Darren Roberts. Darren Roberts. Lucy, absolutely true. You, you, you know, you're runner up. What can I say? That's a I'll big improvement, it. isn't it? Big improvement. <laughs> well done. Chris, you retain, you, you get your title back. Lucas, it was a bit hard on you because some of the questions were like, you know, from like medieval times and stuff like that, mate. But, like, so. like, like, like me and Josh saw Bill Skater and um, Mike Bailey play, Dave. We, 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 <laughs> well, still you, said you, our you time. said you were there on. You said you were there, Bill Slater's debut, Chris. Yeah, I, I was sat next to you. You took me <laughs> in as a child. Um, anyway, uh, you've done really well, all of you. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, and basically. This is a bit like better late than ever. Lucer is right. We're going to trance against teams that we should do better. Uh, but fantastic. Lucas, have you enjoyed your day, full debut? Yeah, it's good. Thank you. Been a bit of a laugh. Lucy, you proud of yourself getting to runners up? Beat, you got I past am. Josh? I am dead excited. <laughs> Josh, um, you were correct. You called that Cheerful would get it in the end, and he did very well. He is very knowledgeable. So you're always up against yes. it with Chris. Very, very. Uh, listen, Some people guys, say I'm sad, Dave, but it's I do know a little bit. You do, you Most do know a little bit. Uh, Lucas, uh, will you come on again as uh, for us? Uh, yeah, 100%. Fantastic. Uh, don't forget, guys, get the offers off NordVPN and uh, our partner Spoko. Lots of Wolves uh, licensed merchandise. You can scan the QR code. The link's in the description below. Also, our VAR T-shirt is for sale. I know a few, of, quite a few of you have bought that. Can't wait to see some photographs of that. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, well done to Emma on that. And again, once again, a big thank you to Creation Wolf for powering extra time. And if you are new round here, please consider subscribing. It, you know, I hope you've enjoyed the content. Uh, loads more content coming up all over Christmas. And if you've enjoyed tonight's uh, podcast, please smash a like. If you're watching it back on uh, catch up on any of the uh, the platforms, you know, leave your comments. And if you're listening to it on the Always Wolves podcast, uh, leave your comments in there. I say all the descriptions are good. Just looking ahead now, uh, quickly, Josh to West Ham. Do you have a score prediction for us? Um, I don't know now because it's the third team in a row before we played and they've been smashed five nil. Um, so I'm gonna go one-one. One-one, cheerful. I think it'll be a bit different this match, Dave. I think um, although West Ham are pretty poor at the moment, I do think they attack people. I don't think they'll sit back and try and. Um, well, they are a toe. Well, yeah, but I don't think they'll sit back. I think they'll, they'll have a go. I said just not very good at the moment. Um, a bit off more, bit off more than they could chew. I think with Europe and stuff with the squad. And um, I think I think we'll do better there. So, what's your score prediction? Three nil. Three three nil. Bloody hell, Lucy. Your score prediction for West Ham? Two one. Two one. Yeah. 
for the Wanderers. And Lucas, finally, are you going to give us a score prediction on what we can expect from West Ham against Wolves? I think it's going to be 3 2 Wolves, Dawson, last minute header. Oh, that would be beautiful. I like, oh, yeah, because of course. Nice one, Lucas. That's a, oh, that would be <laughs> That happens. They won't be blowing bubbles, but they might be foaming at the mouth. Oh, <laughs> that would be, what, what sort of, um, what we're going to expect from West Ham in terms of the shape, Lucas, against Wolves? Long stop press all game. Yeah. Dawson, last minute winner. Oh, how beautiful would that be? And then we could, the Ballon Dawson, that would be, that would, I like that. I love that. Of course, going back to his old club because they did love him. There's your score predictions, guys. Obviously, we'll have all the coverage running up in terms of uh, the match preview. We'll have the Gary O'Neill press conference. We'll be down there at the uh, the London Stadium getting you with the match vlog. We'll be doing instant reaction after the game. We'll have the IFR. We'll have extra time next Sunday. Uh, we'll have loads of content coming up during uh, the week as well. Um, coming up this week with any Wolves news that's coming out. So if you're not subscribed, why not? Make sure you do it. Smash a like. And until the next time, from all of us, always Wolves. Always Wolves. Always wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.